I really, really wanted to do some kind of tournament bracket thing, but mm-hmm. I never got around to the time for doing it. And I just like, feel like I have one group that I joined, and I just filled my brackets in like 30 minutes before the game started. Yeah. And like now so, at this point, well, obviously it's too late, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, real quick before we get into it, uh, you're listening to the Beards and Balls podcast. Uh, I am your host, Anthony f you can follow me at born to run underscore 19 you cannot follow the podcast on twitter anymore <laughs> because of the reds and uh, one mr patrick oh, cheeseman uh the account has been a permanently suspended um because it was believed to be evading permanent suspension because you can't find patrick on there anymore speaking uh, of um, speaking of twitter go to Denise's twitter account you can see that beautiful tweet that he just tweeted about 30 minutes ago about Wait. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> oh, my tweet about that. Oh, oh go, ahead and re- go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. And I'll tell you why after you read it. This white people make St. Patrick's Day unbearable. Fuck off with your green wearing bullshit. Please exactly. explain to me why you feel that way. Because I was at the... Uh, uh, I was at the, uh, uh, the bookstore today at Half Price Books here. Mm-hmm. And I was listening, and I, I was looking through comic books because you know I'm a nerd like that, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm always looking for a good deal. Why, why pay full price when I could pay a dollar? And these ladies are just chatting away. They're two white ladies. They're middle aged. Mm-hmm. They look well off, and I know mm-hmm. they were well off. I can confirm it because when we walked out, man, they were driving some. So they were driving. They were in a Porsche SUV. So that kind of just. I know, and those mm-hmm. are beautiful. Don't don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. Uh, I've seen some pretty intense, uh, expensive cars around, you know, Austin every now and then, but yeah. I was listening to them talk and he's eh, God, this lady was like, I can't, I, you know, I had to make sure I, I had my green, you know, I had to have my green on and she's, she's showing off this stupid little brooch pin thing that she's got. And I, and I'm just, I'm just like beside myself <laughs> uh, because the other one is like, Oh, same here. And she like, She's wearing like a little sweater and she shows the like green St. Patty's Day shirt. And I'm like, God damn it. Anything, you know, any excuse for y'all white folks to get drunk. It's real bad because where I live at, I don't know if you ever heard, but the, the, apparently the St. Patrick's Day parade down in Savannah, um, which is like 30 mm-hmm. minutes away from where I stay at, is mm-hmm. like the second biggest one in the world or something like I did that. I know that, which. And bro, going to Savannah. I, I have to go up. I'm traveling up to middle Georgia this weekend. I already know mm-hmm. tomorrow driving on 95 to get to fucking Savannah is uh, to get through Savannah is about to be the most painstaking thing in the world. Cause if the traffic is just going to be insane, like people just run to Savannah every year at the middle of March. And I, I fucking hate it. I, I hate it. I hate it. I fucking hate it, man. Like living, living in, in Austin every now and then shit happens where, I mean, streets are shut down just shut down or 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 the traffic just becomes to a dead stop Mm -hmm. and i I know i'm I'm probably breaking up a little so guys if you are hearing anything like that it's um i guess the internet connection today decided to not be great so (laughs) we'll deal with it the other day um i was out uh i was running some errands and Mm -hmm. fuck if i knew that it was like the 30th uh annual austin marathon mm-hmm. and so they have closed down like a whole section of street like we're talking for like several miles 
Mm-hmm. And it's just a, it's just a pain in the ass. Cause you, I mean, there are important streets that you should be able to turn down to that. You just can't now, man. Now I sound 30. I sound 30. Right no, now. but like, that's the thing with like living in a big city. Like I, that's always my hang up is like, whenever there's a big event or something, it's always like the traffic is fucking unbearable. But, and but it's like, the good thing is though, is I avoid downtown Austin at all costs. Mm-hmm. Cause there's, I, first of all, it's expensive and there's nothing that I need down there. Yeah. Uh, except for like, you know, there's this one like toy store boutique place that I like to go to every now and then, but it's mm-hmm. expensive. So I don't go there often. Right. Yeah. The thing about like, as long as you can, as long as you know how to navigate your way around where, you know, traffic is and just don't be on the road at five o'clock, yeah. you're fine in a big city, but I get exactly what you mean. It can be, it can be infuriating. It's forced. It forces me to be a forces you as a person to be a better driver, but yeah, man, it's just it's a pain in the ass. Um, um apparently, I know this is supposed to be an NBA episode. But I that's just fine. Seen this on Twitter, and I found this interesting. Apparently, a lot of Atlanta uh, sports writers are getting the the beat on this. I guess mm-hmm. ahead of time before Schefter and Rappaport get it. And a lot of them are getting death threats because a lot of people don't think that they're serious. And um, yeah, it was, does it surprise you though? No, Atlanta sports fans usually don't send death threats though. This but is but, but to be fair, I, I think we should expand it beyond that to just sports fans in general. Does it that, surprise you? Because they, no, that, it doesn't. That weird thing gets in there, man. It's like. You know what? Let's just jump into the NBA right now. Those things that Russell Westbrook was saying a few weeks ago, or like two uh, last weekend, maybe last last week. week. Yeah, man, time. See, here's the thing that the that the NFL forces you to technical difficulties. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, But the thing that the NFL forces on things like what we do, what we're trying to do here, is Mm -hmm. that so much happens on a day to day basis. It's crazy, man. That it feels like time is going by that so much more time is going by than it really is because like you said yeah it's it was last week that russ was talking about dealing with death threats so right now we're, we're gonna just like i said this was this is gonna be the uh our nba episode for the week so um that whole thing with russ the whole the lakers because a lot of counter arguments is well russ talks a lot of shit and a lot of this what do you think on this I will say I had a long conversation with my one of my good friends last night about this. And I'll, I'll say this about Russ. I think that there are there are actual criticisms that you could levy against Russ and the Lakers that are fair that don't cross the line into being disrespectful. And look, all of us get into the slander thing. It's funny sometimes. But I do agree that NBA Twitter is extremely toxic and takes shit way too far and because nba twitter is like that the nba media has gotten like that because they realize that a lot of nba twitter drives the television viewership market like first take undisputed uh what's that show with marcellus wiley and i, I can't fucking remember it oh Shitty well i mean show. look look at the ticker that they run on the bottom of those shows which is just showing reaction tweets and things that are people mm-hmm. that people are tweeting in real time so you're 100% right exactly. on that. So it's like, it, it's, I get, I, I definitely understand where Russ is coming from. And I know Russ has not been great. This, he hasn't been good this season. Let's just be 100% honest. But I think there's yeah. a way to talk about that while still being respectful and, 
instead of like sending death threats to his wife on social media and sending death threats to him because he's playing bad. And, you know, and there's stuff that we don't see that, you know, a lot of the hate that they receive on a daily basis. So I, I definitely get where he was coming from. Now, look at a trip to Boston. You know, I did. That well, gets you. <laughs> yeah. Now, what <laughs> yeah. I will say is this for him to get mad at somebody pointing out that he's playing bad is um is crazy to that's me that's one because, thing right you know. yeah but yeah like people going out of way to like talk about the man's family and or tell him he's a or bum talk to his family talk at his yeah. family that that's the mm-hmm. crazy see that's to me that's when you start crossing the line is when 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 it when it no longer has to do with on the court on the field whatever it is you know like you said it's absolutely 100% valid to criticize how he's playing, to criticize how his role in the locker room uh, and the relationships that, that might be going on on that team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you, once it starts to get into that personal realm, you know, his wife, his kids, it's like, that's where you gotta, you gotta ask yourself or you gotta, hopefully you as a person can step back and and think to yourself, Oh man, um, I, I crossed the line here. You know, this is just a sport. It, 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 when it comes down to it, it, it's grown men playing with balls. What, what, what you know, the, the thing is so crazy. It, I think the, the, the problem is that so many people on NBA Twitter and NBA Instagram and, and in the NBA media make basketball and them being a fan of a team or a player, their personality. And so they can't remove themselves from that. And because Mm -hmm. they can't, they get so invested into it where it becomes so emotional that they have to lash out at the the first thing they can attack to make themselves feel good about their favorite player, not winning or their favorite team, not winning or whatever the case may be, which to me, which I know somebody may say, Oh, well, you know, you're making light of a mental illness. No, I'm being 100% serious. I think that that is, a mental illness to do something like that like that's that's insane like if you do it's, that it to any to other a larger problem exactly if you do that with any other form of entertainment like people look at the the marvel dc debate on twitter i was talking about this other day on twitter i don't oh i don't like Lord. i don't like comic book film twitter because it's so fucking mm. i don't know if you've seen that like that it's nerd thing culture that, nowadays yeah because everything what mm-hmm. it feels like everything in the environment that we're living in, in terms of how people react to things and, and just the opinions that people have, everything is either all or nothing, all one side, all one way. There's no, there's no, Hey, I can criticize this thing, but also pinpoint the things that do work about it. Mm-hmm. There's none of it. It's either you love something, you hate it. There's no in between and you can't be a fan of both. Like that's the craziest part. Like that, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's what blows my mind. Cause then you look at someone like a, like a James Gunn who is like mm-hmm. literally has both Marvel studios and Warner brothers, like bending over backwards to give him to, for him to make content for them. Mm-hmm. That, like, and he's gone at length about talking about how you can have that, like how you can, why why do you have to be a fan of one and not the other and i and and right that's another one my entire life it's Mm -hmm. it's it's either you love wwe and or yeah pick pick whoever's on the other side 
mm-hmm. because you know one of them is a constant pick whoever it is either wcw uh tna impact new japan ring of whatever it is that you're going to throw on that side you can't love you can't love all of it you have to love just one so you're you're right that's what mm-hmm. nba tw- that's what sports is in general like sports uh social media in general sports mm-hmm. social media is just wildly either you love it or you hate it and you can't like it's so them. weird though like why like why are you so mad about the lakers being bad that you're lashing out at a, a, a you as a because most of, i say that it's little kids but there's a lot of grown-ass men on that app that sit there and will like like and it's funny to me but it's also mm-hmm. sad. Like if you ever hopped in a Twitter space after a Lakers loss, it was it was worse like a month ago when they were yeah. still like it still looked like when, they had a chance to be something. When it was the Lakers weren't when they didn't cross that point of that uh, the event horizon that is. Yeah, th- there's there's two there's two there's like a point in the season for a team where you're you are surprised when they lose, and then there's the mm-hmm. once you cross that line, you're surprised when they win. The Lakers are a team that you're surprised when they win now. If they've lost three straight in the two of eight in the last ten, the two of I eight love in the it. last ten, I fucking oh, love I, it. Oh, I hate the fucking Lakers. I always have and I always will. So this, this is this is nothing to well, me to be happy it, about it's this. Like, I hate the Lakers and I hate the way LeBron mm-hmm. James runs teams. I don't hate LeBron James on the court. I don't hate mm-hmm. LeBron James the player. I do not like LeBron James the GM because he falls into that same thing that great players who have shown. It's hard to think of a ton of great players who re- make really good executives lebron doesn't want to work with anybody that he doesn't like I, and he, i think he that's wants to problem. play with his friends because if you, know? you look at mj kobe which in that kobe and Shaq thing ended up breaking down but mj did not like scotty pippen and scotty pippen fucking, didn't like him <laughs> fucking hated and still to this day probably hate scotty oh but they you, won I six mean, championships I mean, remember, together i mean if you saw the entire like uh oh it, the, the, I, I get why you know, scotty hates mj it definitely deserved mj was an asshole for that but but is it it is crazy though because it's like but that's what that team that's what that's what fueled that team oh yeah mm-hmm. which is because it's like it may not work now but it worked then oh fuck no and it worked it for the people now. who and it worked for the team like it's just it i don't know this is kind of where my 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 thing is like I have a hard time because I'm like, I'm the type who's like, well, everybody should be treated equal. But I'm like, yeah, but that guy is really good with the ball. Like, <laughs> like maybe we, we can, as long as he's not doing anything illegal or and what I mean by illegal is like, if he ain't. But you're breaking up not, again. All right. Ah, shit. Well, as long as, how about now? You're good now. All right. Uh, as long as you're not like hurting people or sexually abusing people or murdering mm-hmm. people, you just. As long as you're not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. like to gamble. Oh, you like to drink. Oh, you you like you know prostitutes. Whatever. I do not mm. care. That doesn't def- that doesn't make you a bad person. Mm. So I could like, I, I do hate that about the. I don't like I don't like being that guy who's like, oh, I hate how soft things are. But I do wish there was a slight bit more of a. I wish I they would let them play the a little. Well, because and I and I don't blame the players for for the lack of edge that there is, mm-hmm. because I think it, it's it's a it's what the NBA has set itself up for. I don't think it's the NBA's fault. You know what I think? Well, it I is? think it's the rule changes. And I don't think it's that either. I, that's it. Too many people play with each other in high school, 
in a middle school. Like but, literally, but not in Jaw the same and Zion. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up I together. mean, but it's it's like not in the same way that like a, like mm-hmm. Europeans play together. Like Europeans see, play against each other. They're competitive though because all of them are like the most of the guys that make that jump to the NBA are like. Mm-hmm. They made it big because they were so selfish, I guess, in a sense, or well, so ball dominant. That as, like, a, as a mm-hmm. as a um, as an athlete, you have to have a little mm-hmm. bit of that selfishness. But very like, I think more with the new AAU thing and all of these big mm-hmm. these major high schools that are coming up, like IMG, Saint Aqu- uh, Aquinas. I can't even say the fucking name right. Whatever. Aquinas. Uh, yeah. Um, and those schools in Texas and all that shit, yeah. where like somebody who's averaging like seven points a game on the bench is getting is a top 20 prospect in the nation because their team is fucking stacked with talent. Yeah. And all of these guys have to all these guys work together, you know, and they, they're so cohesive that now I think what's happened is that in the NBA, even when these dudes play against each other, you see them working out with each other in the summer. Like Joel and Trey think, Young work uh, out together. I also think it's that's and, and I have no problem with like the idea of of guys being friends with each other i think you can mm-hmm. i think you can have that and still be competitive like and still but 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 i think the other thing about it is just the style of basketball that, that you're taught to play mm-hmm. coming up in a, a you know playing in that environment it's it's mm-hmm. just it's different it's it's not it's like when you look at at the way that europeans prepare and the, the, mm-hmm. the things that they focus on, the skills that they get down, like a lot of yeah. them come over here and you know what? They can fucking pass the ball in ways that you they can handle the ball. They can move the ball. They can they can look at a, at a court and kind of, you know, read things out. And it feels like a lot of these guys. They play very uh, it's very isolation friendly. Luca it's has very, been out of shape friendly every year. He's been in the NBA. Yeah. And is dominated. And he even said, like, hey, the NBA is like, it's easy for me because I it was no adjustment for me. I just I I everything that they teach you, that everything that most young players in the NBA need to be taught, they learn that in Europe from the jump. And so that adjustment the fundamentals. is fundamentals. You know, some and some people, you know, don't make that jump well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bargnani was interesting because he was a decent scorer, but he literally couldn't do anything else. Um, and you know, there's a lot of European players like um, how am I forgetting his fucking name? I see his face. He played for the Pistons. He got drafted before D Wade and Melo. Darko Milicic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't successfully make that jump. You, you have a bunch of NBA players that are from Europe that are just like role players. Oh, there's a yeah. You're right. But, it, but even then, it's like. A lot of the players from college that would end up being role players didn't really successfully make that jump. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just easier for European players. Well, part they're of it is also power. look at the age that they're coming out at. Mm-hmm. Look, look, I mean, and and look at look at just it feels like when you get a year for for the most part when you get a European player they feel like a more finished like a closer to a more finished product than what mm-hmm. you're getting. For, from a lot of these guys who are coming out and are one and dones who, you know, even staying maybe one more year can really sure up how you come out fundamentally. You can mm-hmm. get physically. You, you, but see, that's the, the thing only, that, go ahead. The only scary thing about that is that most NBA teams don't like guys that have more than one year in college, which is in terms of being a ridiculous. top 10 pick. Because yeah. it's, it's funny because the NBA, 
that's such a counter to me, at least in terms of the product on the court, that's such a counterproductive way to do it mm-hmm. because I really do think that, that, that an extra year for everybody would just, they would come out just the basketball would be better, man. And I think you would, you would be able to lower your, uh, how many guys turn into busts. And I'd be, I think if, if you're able to, you know, to get a lot of these guys coached up, you know, you get mm-hmm. drafts that look a lot more interesting than, Oh, who's going first. And then who cares afterwards. You know what you I know? think the issue is though, is that a lot, it's a, it's a, I think it's a GM and a coach thing was a lot of these guys like those, these players that have like, they're raw or coming out of college, yeah. like a John Morant. Well, no, John Morant spent, th- I think with three years at, Murray State, yeah. or a guy like a Zion, or a guy like a Jalen Green, or a Kate Cunningham that they can mold into the player that they want them to be, as opposed to getting an extra year under a head coach in mm-hmm. college and then them molding into the, you know, probably the best version of what that coach needs. And then they come to the NBA and you have to completely change the way that they play. So I kind of understand it from that standpoint. I do, but think about but, this though: how many of those guys who are there when they draft a guy? are mm-hmm. still there by the end of that contract. Rarely ever, which is that, kind of fucked up because it really is because it's yeah. like, it's like in the NFL, when you draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. a quor- you know, if you have a rookie quarterback, you're guaranteed a few years, but mm-hmm. once you're gone, I mean, you're probably also going to be, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't, I, which in the it, NBA is even worse. Cause it's like, bro, you could get fired. Like I mean, thirty games into a rookie player's tenure, if you just you could end up in a situation like Frank Vogel, where you you were coaching mm. for your job every night, you know, every night it seems like. Granted, mm. I mean, look at what the Lakers are, uh, <laughs> which again I love it, but like they, I think you also another negative is you end up with someone like Zion, who look at how few games he really did. Like he was an attraction in college, and you really even coming out of college. I don't know, man. It, it, I, I, I always thought I thought that John Morant was going to be a better, like, overall option. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I thought that well, it's never Zion been a was talent thing be with like, Zion because oh, it's the talents there. It's just the the health is. But I think if you oh, give if you, if he had had one more year, you would. I think you probably would have seen what you know. Maybe he would have had time to shore up his body a little bit more. To I, I don't know. I, it's just it's crazy to me. Like. Let's talk about Zion for a second, because mm. that's a crazy situation that's going. And he's supposed on to be coming right back soon, which is shocking to me. But, which is which um, is not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't I buy it, it anymore. Will. Like, well, well the, okay, my thing he is he's back in sake. New Orleans now, so okay. that's that's the thing that got me. And plus, he's lost a lot of weight from yeah. the last picture that I did see, which I knew. Having a foot injury, being that big naturally as it is, and then having a foot injury where you can't really work out is not going to be good. But no, I didn't like the whole thing about him not being in New Orleans. It's and his then... attitude with everything, though. Yeah. Like, the way he's approached a lot of situations comes across as something that a 19-year-old would do. Exactly. A 20-year-old would do. As a, Like, mm. if there's one thing that my dad hammered home, uh, real quick tangent, you know, one mm. time he helped me uh, – I don't, I don't want to call it nepotism because I am an educated person. Uh, mm-hmm. But he had, you know, he, they were looking for managers for a position and I had the qualifications, you know, I did. So he passed my ear, mm-hmm. you know, the point is I eventually got hired and mm-hmm. I remember telling him and he put in, you know, he gave me his recommendation and all that. And I didn't like it. It was not for me. 
I saw it as a trap job. I will be stuck here my entire life if I if I do it. I don't mm-hmm. want to do it, right? And in mm-hmm. retrospect, man, I'd be getting some government benefits. But uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That was 10 mm-hmm. years ago. None of that's changing. But um, one thing that he told me is like, okay, when you're, okay, you're fine. You're going to quit this job. But he's like, key number one thing, don't burn, don't burn any bridges. Like when you, when you, when you deal with it, you go in, you talk to them face to face, you tell them why you shake their hand, you thank them for, you know, the opportunity and you leave and you don't Mm -hmm. burn a bridge. And I don't think Zion is going to be in New Orleans for much longer personally. Oh no, no. Okay. It it just, it's, but, but at the same time, it's like, it's such a 19 year old thing to do to handle things the way he's handled them. Like a 20 year old, you know, it's so, it's a very immature way of handling things. It's even worse because of the people who he has in his ear. Apparently his uncle yeah, has so been Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> uncle some Dennis. People sh- some people, some people shouldn't, some people shouldn't be listening. Cause guess what? Now you're not playing your Clippers suck and you're going to never win a fucking championship again, Kawhi. And I'm happy for that. Meanwhile, DeJounte Murray's playing lights, you know, fucking great basketball. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But, well, I think also, which getting to the Kawhi thing, I think a lot of that is pop needs specific types of people to, mm-hmm play in his system well they gotta buy and i just in. think Kawhi's personality did not fit with pop as much as as tim's did or tony's did or well because Kawhi Mono still did. had that urge to um to play on a bigger stage i think it was that and, and i think why knowing who he is and how his background was and everything that happened mm-hmm. to him i think he just wanted to be closer to home and and, I, and that's the other thing i was i was gonna bring up there is it's a lot of it does have to do with that um mm. still doesn't mean i don't hate him which is i i, I, I understand why i get it oh, i definitely I get why fans are pissed off about that because at the end of the day i mean Kawhi did win another championship after he left well, it's also it's also injured. how you handle it like yeah just, but just play it's out just, the contract and leave just strictly though from a Become standpoint a of losing agent. a championship caliber player even oh, that, Kawhi, that's the pain in the ass yeah, yeah. Kawhi yeah. comes back i think right before the end of the season yeah. so the clippers who are you know, hey, I think the Clippers have too many other problems that Kawhi mm-hmm. can't cover, and I think well, there's I think there's other teams that are better than the Clippers. I will say this now, yeah. Last year, if he doesn't get hurt, I'm gonna go oh. there and I'm gonna say they win the finals. If he doesn't, if he doesn't get hurt, I don't know. If they beat Giannis though. I think they do because Giannis is playing, and Drew Holiday was playing some. Again, like I said. I the problem Something with the, about the reason Paul why George also uh-huh. I, I I I I don't know what it is about that team. I don't like the combo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Well, it was it, the thing was is that once that in that Maverick series when they got down three two, when they mm-hmm. when they finally realized that we're a we're the two best players on this team yeah. and we're the two best defenders and we need to be guarding Luca and everybody else be damned if y'all beat us y'all beat us they mm-hmm. won that series. And they, they beat. They were gonna beat the Jazz. Well, they beat the Jazz, and they were gonna beat the Suns if Kawhi never gets hurt, in my opinion, because Chris Paul was hurt. I think D Book got You're hurt right, during Chris his, Paul was hurt. And I just and for the for the Bucks, yeah, you got Giannis, but throwing Kawhi and Paul George at Giannis at least does enough to slow him down. Where you are basically like That's a good point. Chris Middleton, who is inconsistent, and Drew Holiday have to beat us 
but we're not going to let Giannis beat us. The problem with the Suns is that they had nobody who could stick Giannis. No, absolutely right. no one. They could even uh, think about st- sticking with. Them. I personally just I don't know what it is about the like I said because you you're right that you have to two like home run hitting players with Kawhi and and Paul George. You can't that can't be denied. Mm-hmm. But just something about that team. You know how it is that shit where, where you look at a team and you're like, man, that that team has a culture of just being this way. Like mm-hmm. that is hard to like climb over. Oh definitely Kawhi and Paul George especially cl- Paul George are like which I think Paul George was ready to break out of that last postseason though, because the mm-hmm. man was fucking. He did but everything he could. Old, to keep how the old team is Paul order. George? Paul George is thirty, I think. He just turned thirty. Okay. So their okay. window is like literally, if they don't do it next year, it's probably not going to happen. With Kawhi's knees and just, they don't have much of a window at this point with their injury histories. I mean, do you think they, <clears throat> Unless- they stay together? If they, I think they stay together because I don't think either of them want to leave home at this Actually, point. He's thirty-one. I think they stay together because yeah, 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 I think 31. the both of them are comfortable in LA. Unless Paul George, you I see. I can I can see the Clippers possibly trading Paul George if they need to, if they want to build something. The thing is, what would be, they'd have to be getting something good in return? Mm-hmm. Because I think I think we've. I don't know. We're in an NBA where like the idea of a super team kind of thing doesn't work as much anymore. I like, I like the way it is where you have duos and you have a bunch of good pieces around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clipper. I, I just don't know what good pieces the Clippers can go out and get. Got, they already have them. a couple. Which I will say they have Norman Powell. I was a good uh, Marcus. Is it Markeith? No, it's Marcus. Marcus has been pretty good. He's averaging eh, 17 again. Almost 16 a, more, a, a, a Morris. Yeah. Um, you got Kennard, who's a good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Terrence Mann's a good young player. Uh, I said Norman Powell already, I think. Didn't mm-hmm. I? You got Reggie Jackson. They need, who... that, they need one of those guys who's like mm-hmm. not on their tier, but not like they need someone who's like right under them in terms of like he's not, mm-hmm. he's not going to be getting their kind of money. But he's he's still going to be a valuable piece. Not like I mean I I don't know. It feels like they really because it feels like with with what happened with the Suns last year, that team now has a lot of confidence and they play really well and they're just like I don't know, man. I I, I think that everything that happened with them, I think it the the Suns have gotten like way better, like to the point where they're not going to get pushed around easily by oh just that you know just the talent of Kawhi and, and Paul George, I guess. Apparently they're going to hold Kawhi out for the rest of the season, which is smart. I mean, why bring him back at this point? Yeah, because like, they're really, a playing team and there's no guarantee that you, you know, make a big run. Uh, and even if they do make a run, I'd rather uh, – wait a minute. Okay, I they just got an update about their Brittany Grinder situation, which – yeah, I know she's there till May now. Damn, they 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 extended her. How, uh, how I guess whatever it is, whatever reason that they're holding or however they're holding her, mm-hmm. which is I mean it's Russia. It doesn't fucking matter. They're doing it illegally. They're doing you know. Yeah. The, the point is, in a weird in a way, they have an American hostage. Except, pretty much. I mean, not even in a weird way. That's exactly what they have. They have an American yeah. hostage that they can stamp on some kind of. Uh, whatever legal shit there 
it's a mess, man. It's it's pretty fucking scary. Uh, Apparently, the U.S. State Department is requesting that Russia, or not requesting, telling Russia to allow us to have contact with any U.S. citizens that are in Russia, because Russia has basically cut off most, if not all, communication from the United States to people like Brittany Griner. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple of people that have been close to her that have been able to get in contact with her, but if it's anything involving the government, three weeks, man, or, or for a month yeah, now at this point. My thing is, I didn't even know until I seen. Like my dad told me he was watching MSNBC mm-hmm. and they were talking about it, and it was like, neither did I. Here's the thing: I don't think it feels like it caught everybody by surprise, mm-hmm. even like you know, uh, insiders and people who, who know this kind of stuff were still kind of like taking it back. And mm-hmm. it was something that we, I mean, it felt like for the most part, people did not know about this for three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. That's a long time. She has been there held for that long. Mm-hmm. Well, I the mean, thing that, that pisses me off about the situation and God, and she's, she's, uh, she's, uh, well, I mean, she's gay. That also yeah. doesn't help. No, Russia's, I mean, Russia would fucking shoot you if they could you yep. know, just for being that. But I mean, the thing that pisses me off is the fact that and this is a conversation that there. is multiple layer, but she had to go over there to get paid. They get paid. I, I think I think it was Brianna Stewart who brought this up a couple of years ago. She said mm-hmm. we make more, way more money overseas than we do here. Mm-hmm. And I get the the revenue, uh, you know, opposed to percentage of contracts. That's not excuses. That's but, not an excuse anymore in modern leagues like this, especially if you're the WNBA who's supposed to be back. I mean, who's supposed to have some kind of partnership with the NBA. There's ways to get this guy to, to pay your players. My issue is this. If you can pay Becky Hammond a million dollars to come and coach. Mm-hmm then there's no reason why your max player on your team should be making less than a million dollars. Your coach should not be making more money than your players, mm-hmm. than your max player. That's crazy. It's not college football. It's, and it's, it's, it's insane to me how – I said this on Twitter a couple of months ago. The, the WNBA cannot sit there and they cannot – these owners that own these teams, most of them are in the NBA owners or have money elsewhere in some other arena – that makes you them a lot of money. You don't own a team if you don't fucking have money. Period. Exactly. It doesn't matter so, what league it is. This thing about I know Liz Cambridge came out with a tweet a couple of months ago talking about how they they don't even get the Liberty got fined for having chartered flights. They threatened for, to take away their franchise. Like that's insane to me that you can't even put the least amount of investment into your play. The reason why the WNBA has not grown domestically is because the owners and the league itself are not doing a good job of promoting their players Mm -hmm. and not doing a good job in putting, I don't know if you remember the NBA commercials a couple of years ago where they were talking about like all of the youth player programs that came out. Yep. Yep. A lot of these players that are in the NBA now went through those youth player programs Mm -hmm went through those camps with these NBA players, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're starting to see, there are a lot of W, a lot of younger women's players that are starting Let's to put it develop. This way. The average fan cannot mm-hmm. name even the biggest WNBA stars. No. Okay. And the, not, I wouldn't even say average fan. Let's let's, because that makes it sound like average WNBA. No average, just sports fan or basketball fan. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's embarrassing. And at this point, and it it's 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 a it's a ridiculous thing to ask, but at this point, I don't see why. I mean, the players they they don't make enough You're to where. For me right now. All righty, how about uh, now? 
You could know. All right. Like, walk out on it. Walk, walk out on these teams. Leave. Exactly. You, you don't make enough. You the, the pay is not justifiable enough to eat shit and then have to and go out and play for them. This isn't like an MLB situation where it's like, yeah, but you're still making pretty big money. Okay. Uh, this is a this is a situation of yeah we're barely getting paid we're, we're not getting paid as much as our head coach what mm. is we get disrespected constantly we have to go overseas mm. to make any kind of money mm. what are we even doing here walk out on them just refuse exactly. to play the entire league refused to play because it's just not right and that's the only way that they're gonna maybe respond you, you can't sit there and tell me that women's sports is not profitable when women's basketball in college gets more nio money than men's basketball in college mm-hmm. yeah. that, the numbers are out that's been mm-hmm. put out well see, w- there is i think if if you're right when you when it goes back to what you said if you invest in it if you push it if you promote it mm-hmm. people if you it's like the, that old saying if you build it they will come Yep. You know, the thing is, what building have they done? Nothing. None. What? Oh, they came up with some orange hoodies that the players want. And I'm not going to blame the NBA players because some people will. I'm not. It's not the no. NBA players job to promote a whole fucking league of teams of 20. Was it 22 team, 2014? I can't even remember right now. They're not. But they're not paid enough to do that. Exactly. You know, it's not the job. It's exactly. And so it's like, when people. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm saying is when people like Chris Paul or LeBron or Jason Tatum or um, I'm I'm blanking out on the amount of Russell Westbrook has done a good job of trying to promote the league. Um, when these players do this, it it, 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 it it angers me to an extent because they shouldn't have to. It's a good thing that they are doing it, but them being the ones that are leading the front on that are not going to get it done. It, this is a money thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's in- if I were, if I were someone like LeBron, or mm. let's see, if I if I were if I were D Wade, if I were someone like that, I'd buy a WNBA team. So I think Kobe wanted to do that. I, I, and you know what? That that mm. it, it makes a lot of sense that he would want to get in on that because look at his look at his daughters. Mm. You know, and look, I know Kobe. His, he knows that, and he knows the I, game. You know, I know the Kobe thing that happened in two thousand and one. Full trans, full full transparency was fucked up, and he, he even admitted what he did was fucked up. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, but I think Kobe had a, a, a Kobe had a learning lesson, and this is why I criticize Big Ben so much to this day. Mm-hmm. He never learned, you know, part the fact that he did it and got away with it, but he never learned from it, and he never did anything to redeem himself. He just turned to Christ mm-hmm. and, and was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian now, so I, I I'm I, you can't criticize me." And I'm just like, "That's the way. That's always never, the way out." You never redeemed yourself for the shit that you did. I'm not sitting. I'm not gonna sit there and I'm not gonna say that it's it's impossible for you to be redeemed in society for doing something like that because there's very few day, things that are that are irredeemable. Yeah, and that that's a severely fucked up thing to do. But if you never show remorse for the shit that you did, then I how how can I forgive you for that? Yeah, and, and we'll yeah. get to that later with the Deshaun Watson thing because yeah. I have a varying amount of opinions on that. Oh, I know. But, I think, yeah, I, uh, I feel like that just comes with a lot of strings. Exactly. But 
but to, to get to my, my general point, I feel like Kobe interest literally legitimately with the Mamba Academy wanted to see women's basketball take off. And I do see, I don't know if you've seen that clip of the um the at the the high school basketball game where the girl threw down the alley oop. I have not. Um, but that comes from the fact that somebody took the time with her to train her like they would a male basketball yep. player. Because a lot of times I know this doesn't this happens, they don't really train um vertical and explosive well, they, they, basketball they don't, players. They don't believe that they have the ability, the capability to, to, to do, do the same thing. And things. I know yes. they can because I've seen it with Moan too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um if they put in if they allow them to put in the effort to grow in that in that facet. And so it's insane to me to just see how the M- the WNBA and just women's basketball culture in general and the a lot of the male coaches in this space don't take the time to develop these players in a way and I'm glad we're moving away from that but it's still a problem that exists that needs to be eradicated well the the and the WNBA is the biggest representation of that of all yeah. those problems because it's an entire league of t- mm-hmm. of, of players uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's just it's so poorly it reminds me of like how how shittily the ncaa is run where it's like you look at the people running these organizations you and you just you, you know the only reason that they're that that they do this is so that they can line their own pockets oh hell yeah and that's all uh, it is. athletic directors around the country Ugh. literally they don't know what the fuck they're doing half the time and they just take these this, fucking jobs this, they get... this is why i hate college sports <laughs> even if you get fired after two years you made enough fucking, mm-hmm. fucking money to be secure for life if you're not a fucking idiot with your money yeah i mean it, it, exactly like what <laughs> any of the any college coach any anybody who who's only done the oh i don't you know they only got paid like two three million dollars that's fine. That's more than enough for me. I mean, well, maybe not, but it's it's still plenty. Mm-hmm. Like if you're smart with it, it's it's just it's ridiculous to see. It's it's just ridiculous, man. They mm-hmm. the the people in charge of the WNBA should just be. I wish there was a way that they could look into that con- congressionally, where it's like there's something wrong with the way this is being run. When I you mean, were when you were threatening to close down a team because a team said, you know what, I want to invest in my athletes and make mm-hmm. sure they have a comfortable flight. Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I know. And it's like, just the PR, uh, the bad PR alone. There was there was not a single person in in that organization who thought, eh, maybe this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe this isn't the kind of, this isn't the way we want to portray our, our team or our league. And it's just like, uh, okay, do what you're going to do then. You just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I still think that that, that, a former player, a former NBA player, buying it, mm. buying into a team like this. Like I said, I really think that, I really think that the, the two best guys who could possibly do it and would really, really help it. Three guys. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are three names. I think LeBron James, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Steph Curry, obviously, mm-hmm. and the other retired is uh, D Wade. I feel like those three mm-hmm. guys, because I feel like D Wade is is. D Wade seems like he has that mindset. Like he seems well, D Wade is definitely one of the more more progressive NBA players. Yes, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I th- I don't know how many there are that are like that. I mean, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. a big part of it does have to play uh, plays into or that plays into it is uh, his own child. You know, mm-hmm. 
uh, it, it's refreshing to see that in, in now it's it is refreshing to see how progressive a lot of players are nowadays mm-hmm. with their beliefs and just how open they are to a lot of things that they were not open to just a decade ago. Oh, bro, Carl Nassib being on a fucking NFL team. I know. 10 years ago, which, which, <laughs> which unfortunately he got released uh, mm. by the Raiders, but I don't know what the Raiders are doing. We'll talk about that later. Uh, which is, with the NASA thing, he only had like one sack all season. So, I oh, no, that. yeah, it has nothing but, to do with that. It, it, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, but it isn't, but the fact that he was on a team at all, mm-hmm. it was because any other deal. team would have been like, hey, he's a distraction. Let's cut him. Remember uh, when uh, what's his name was coming out of the league and he it was, was Michael Sam and Michael he had, Sam. Like, four sacks in the preseason uh-huh. and he I, got cut and it was like well damn the fact that the end <laughs> no wait the, the nfl had to put out statements uh, that saying that oh we didn't force jeff fisher to draft him you know it, it's like the fact that you even have to do that you know we didn't ask him to that do was... it with the, with their, as a favor i'm like oh, oh come on man i mean come on because he literally uh, went from i remember he was like oh this dude is a first round pick until when after they came uh, out he was, he was the SEC defensive player of the, player of the yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that 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 was a. It's refreshing to be that far removed from that, even though we're there's still a lot, you know, uh, a lot a longer way to go. But let's move on to let's just let's talk let's look at the NBA standings because I think there's a lot, a lot of things have happened. Um, let's also I, I also want to touch on because this is just a, my own personal thing. Uh, and that's the fact that, you know, Greg Popovich now is the winningest coach of all time oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. NBA history. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, DeJounte Murray handed in that game ball with, mm-hmm. you know, afterwards, uh, that's someone, I was listening to someone talk about this on sports radio and they're talking about how DeJounte Murray really is a, a bridge player for Popovich because he did get a little bit of that time, that experience of uh, being around Tim Duncan or being around, you know, some of those guys mm-hmm. and how a lot of the guys that, that, that are on that team around him didn't have that experience. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting to look at pop's career and kind of, that I mean, they went from a t- I mean, it, it, you know, the way that they used to play, where I mean, you're looking at a game where oh, it's like 87 to 77, like <laughs> to have to go and, and adjust to a whole the, the way that the because the NBA, since the Spurs won their first championship to when they won their fifth one in 2014, oh, it changed like, immensely. I mean, that was a massive change to see, and yet somehow, somehow his teams for what. For 20 years, you know, we're always in the playoffs for mm-hmm. most of those 20 years, 150 games or more. I, that was always my favorite thing. It's just uh, every season going in, well, we'll, you know, we'll be okay. We'll, all we got to do is make the playoffs 50 game season. You know, uh, there was a point where it was automatic uh, mm-hmm. for 20 years. So I, I don't know, you know, as somebody who your team had to play against him and lost once, uh, you know, what, 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 What's your opinion on Pop? Because a lot of people have a lot of opinions. I personally have always preferred him to a Phil Jackson, but that's just my personal taste and the fact that he's the coach of my team, but that's just me. You know, with Pop, it's always been interesting because it's like I said, Pop is 
pop is it's like i talked about the Kawhi thing pop is pop he is a control mm-hmm. freak he is yeah. who he is but it it worked long enough to build a legacy where he has five championships most winning this head coach of all time and you can't take that away from him do i question his methods of doing things sometimes yes i do think that he did have a part in the Kawhi leonard thing that was a problem um, that, was, that was a whole that was all a mess yeah. like and a lot of that was because pop just didn't want to relinquish control which in late again he's had his way of doing things for a long time Kawhi wasn't willing to budge he wasn't divorced that's it just was what it was right yeah. looking for him from an objective standpoint Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, hey, like I, I've, I've, you know, Spurs have ruined a lot of, well, at least one heat moment for me. Um, yeah. Hey, look, you, you look, Ray Allen, y- y'all had Ray Allen. Yeah. So it's just look. I mean, you're, I don't. There two, though. That that's that Spurs Heat series, the first one, the seven game series one. That mm-hmm. was a good series. Fucking insane. That was a that, great series when you look back on it and you're like, oh yeah, they went the distance. Like Which to is the that, very last moment. That second one was, you know, hey, D Way's knees are starting to fall apart. Well, um, that and the you, you know, know the Spurs were the same team from the year before. Bro, fucking Manu Ginobili in that fucking second series. I'm just like, bro, your old ass, please just go the fuck because away. Dog. Manu was oh uh, because I, I I'm always one of those believers that there's two outcomes that could have happened. The Spurs mm-hmm. win that first championship and then repeat, or they win that first championship and they don't even make it back mm-hmm. they made it to that second they made it back to that second championship because they were powered by the fact that we need to uh we're not gonna let timmy go out like that yeah and two that was our series to win the trophy was rolled out down there ready to be presented to us uh d- god dang it we're not gonna talk about this let's let's move on to either way it was it was really good series it was a really fucking good series the Spurs mm-hmm. have played, you know, the Spurs are just as much, a, or they're like, a, they were like a, a, a foe for a young LeBron James, you know, because they, they think about it. I mean, LeBron played them, has played the Spurs three times in the finals. Yep. And that, that's mm-hmm. impressive alone. Like he, we've got, mm-hmm. we got the better of you twice. Um, I think he has also played, uh, he played the Warriors three times, right? Yep, Warriors and Spurs. Been his most common foes. LeBron, you know, but but I like that. I like the idea that that I'll never forget that time that you know after the 2007 series where they got where LeBron got swept and Tim Duncan's there, you know, giving him a hug and just telling him was like, yeah, just your time's coming. Like, like it's undeniable. Like you know, it's undeniable. We know you're gonna get yours. It's just a matter of when it's gonna happen. Speaking of which, can I can I just take a little bit of time to appreciate yes. Tim Duncan? Because I feel like every time that. that's always let's do it. I just I feel like every time I hop on Twitter, there's a stupid ass argument about is Tim Duncan really top five? Man, or bro, is, you, is Tim that Duncan, is my existence on social media? Is Tim Duncan what is his resume comparable to Kobe's? And this might sound off-putting to some people, but I'm a t- I'm I'm gonna say it because I've I've stood by this and I'm not gonna change my opinion on it. I know that a lot of the perception about Kobe Bryant has changed because of his death, and that's understandable. I get. Oh, that. you're no, you're not wrong. This but, is a discussion that 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 mm-hmm. should be had, and you're right. But I'm. I hate that people use that to throw that against you when you personally, because me, I would put Tim Duncan's resume up against Kobe's and say, mm-hmm. 
I think Tim Duncan had a better career all in all. I know Kobe Tim Bryant Duncan has looks better like he memories. enjoyed his career more. It's just which Kobe's a psycho. Kobe uh, uh, was a psychopath. But so but bad. you know what I but but also just what I mean is just mm. the temperament that Tim Duncan had was very much the polar opposite to Kobe's in, in terms of how because I don't want to say that he wasn't as competitive because you don't win five championships without being that at the same level of competitive. It's just oh, well, Kobe was a maniac. It's just that there was, it feels like the way Tim, Tim, Tim had the same success in terms of championships. Just, it felt like without as much of the stress, mm-hmm. if you understand what I'm saying. And it's not yeah. some, and, and, and yes, he was a, I, I really hate it when people say, oh, well, he had these players around him. Well, yeah, Kobe had Shaq and then Kobe had Powell. Like, you can't win alone. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. You can't win alone. Jordan had no. Pippen and all these other, you know, really good players. You, I mean, in the second three championships, they had Kukoc. You know, they, they the point is, mm-hmm. great players don't win alone. So don't fucking throw at me that Kobe did not win five championships on his own. I never <laughs> want to fucking hear especially that. Especially those last two, people are always like, Oh, look what Kobe had to play. Paul Gasol, like, bro, Hall of Famer. You, and and Bonham, you know, if he didn't get hurt. You know, well, that and, and like you have guys who are good role players around there. Derek Fisher. You had a Ron Artest. You had, I fucking hate Derek Fisher. Der- Listen, oh Ron Artest God. literally saved the, the Lakers from getting eliminated by the Suns. Literally. Exactly. The, the point is, it's like you, you don't, you just don't get, unless you are LeBron James and Allen Iverson, you don't get to championships. See, being one player. Let me tell you, that first series with the Cavaliers when they went to the mm-hmm. when they went to the finals with the Spurs, that team was not as bad as everybody remembers it no, to be. But it is bad, like in terms it's of not, like uh, comparatively to deep. some other teams. But I yeah, think, man, but it, but it, but a team with Anders and Bergeau on it, like but, that, plays that thing. role. Bergeau is always one of those players that's weird because a lot of people remember Been him forever. For like the weird, but you don't play that long in the NBA without being right. serviceable. At least no, now starting. No, that's the thing, though. That's yeah. the that that's the thing. Like when you look at the guys starting on that team, mm. you're kind of like, now I feel like we got to pull up that roster. I feel like because I know he had Mo Williams, who was pretty good. Um, never really a consistent All Star level player. It's just mm. the the nature of you know playing with LeBron. He never really was able to be a first option anywhere, and I don't think he really had the. He could have done it, but I don't think those teams would have been good if he was the first option. Um, but you had Sajundra Sogaskis, who borderline all-star level player, you know, I'll, I'll give you that one maybe. You know, uh, Booby Gibson was a good three-point shooter, um, and he was never meant to be a number one option, so I guess that worked out for you pretty well. Now, once you get into Jamari Moon and, and uh, what's Candace Parker's brother's name? I'm looking up this championship season. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? It's going to bother me. What's his name? What's his name? Either way, once you get to past the Ilgoskis, Gibson, Williams, and Virgil, then you start to get into, Is you know, the, yeah, uh, that team was Is it the 06-07 Spurs? Or yeah. The Spurs, I mean, Cavaliers? Yeah, okay. well, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So, because if you're looking at that roster, you're seeing, like, I mean, you've got, you've got Drew Gooden. So yeah, like when you started getting to those guys, those guys shouldn't have been getting as many minutes as they were. Getting. I mean, so so if we're re- if, if I'm just reading this team from top mm-hmm. to bottom from this list on mm-hmm. on on Basketball Reference, you're looking at Shannon Brown, Daniel Gibson, Decent. Drew Gooden, Good Larry players. Hughes, yeah. 
good role player uh, at the time. I, I can never say. So John Jasogowski is yes, borderline all star. At that point, he was kind of starting to fall off. So you got LeBron, yeah. you got Damon yeah. Jones, ass. Dwayne Jones, ass. Danielle Marshall, washed up at this point. Ira Newby, ass. <laughs> I mean, Sasha mm. Pavlovich. Because this was this was before Mo Williams. Damn. Yeah. So Scott yeah. Scott Pollard, Eric Snow, Anderson Wa- washed, Verge, up, washed up. Still David young, Wesley, at, washed up. And that's the I team. Think that, that was is the, the, the main team. problem with this team was that if you're talking about David Wesley, like ten years before, like four years before that, then yeah. But at that point, next David year. Wesley was kind of yeah, the next that was the year last they, year he played. So next year they had Delonte West, and that's mm-hmm. always fun. Man, that team, yeah. did, oh, man, that I, I'm just man that 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 team that he took there was. I mean, you got Wally Zerbiak playing on on the 2007-2008 Cavaliers. Like, cool. But back to what you were saying, you know, that's another thing that people like to throw. It's like, well, who did the Spurs, who did Tim Duncan beat? Who did Kobe Bryant beat? Other than the Celtics teams that were legitimately great. Or that one of them, one, I don't even want to call them great, but they were really, really good. Championships he won 76ers. Fuck, I'm really blanking on this. One right of them now. had to have been Detroit, right? Detroit. No, because didn't Detroit no, beat Detroit them the only time them. they played? No, yeah, yeah, Detroit beat them actually, which is up, this pissed me off. Lakers. Yeah, um, uh they beat the he beat the magic. Mm-hmm. Which and Dwight was basically out there by himself. Yeah. yeah, which is that's another team, by the way, that Dwight Dwight he <laughs> You want a perfect example of why he's a Hall of Famer? The fact that he was able to take the Magic to the to the championship. Yeah, I, I, it pisses me off that he was not on that that top seventy five list. Like, I don't know what the fuck he had to do. I, I keep fucking saying some for some goddamn reason. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. is on there. Was no significant individual accomplishment whatsoever. There's a couple of DPOIs, right? I don't. No, off the top of my head, I don't know. But I can tell you that he has a ring because he played on the team that LeBron James was on. It was also let's let's be honest about that championship. I'm not it was I'm also not during a shortened season. Miami was two games away from winning the championship. And if they won it, I would you would not hear me saying that was a bubble look, title. Look, but the Lakers were specifically helped by the fact that AD and LeBron were able to rest for two months. I get it, because I have to hear on and on and on about how the Spurs won their first championship during a strike year. And I'm like, a strike year is still like damn near 60 games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't want to hear that bullshit. Tim Duncan is the greatest player of all time in my mind, and let me have it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's how we got <laughs> here, by the way. That is how we got here. The dis- But you're right. Every fucking time that you hop up, I live my entire life being salty and angry mm-hmm. that people are constantly disrespecting Tim Duncan and the Spurs. Like, yeah, it's I'm like it's just insane to me, man. How do you like you? I'm gonna say this with confidence. I've never seen a team that has won five championships in any sport get more disrespect. Let me let me say this for people who say that Tim Duncan was a system player. I ask you this question: If if this system was so foolproof, why are the Spurs struggling right now to find another dominant big man opposite mm-hmm. of Tim Duncan? Well, I, I think another part of it is like. Dominant big man is such a weird thing in the NBA first, but that's another discussion for another day. But, uh, my but point I get what is, you're saying though. You, you need talent though. You need the right kind of talent in there. 
when they say system player, they're acting like Tim Duncan wasn't clamping up your favorite power forwards, KG. What it is, is Dirk, but what it is is that Chris Webb, you, uh, he was, you, you do what Pop did was pretty simple. He looked at the guys at, at Tim Duncan, he built a system that worked for Tim Duncan. You know what well, I mean? My, but but you know what I mean, though? Like, in, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, like, totally agreeing. No, I that get it. It works because you have that guy. You need that guy. And they don't get that. It's like, you think you think that Kobe won his championships because the, he was a system. The system Phil was Jackson's built around system. him. It's definitely not the fucking triangle. You can, you can argue this. I mean, talking about the chi- triangle, you can argue if you're going to talk about a system, Kobe won fucking – Five championships with the head coach who had won six prior to him getting to LA and winning those championships with the Lakers. It's like when I look at Phil Jackson, I have a hard time with Phil Jackson because I, I acknowledge like he's that coach who he's a better coach of big personalities and he's not yeah, he's necessarily a, a builder. coach in terms of a of a, a thing. Which in and in the builder, situations that he were in, he coached, it made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but if I'm building a team or like from no, the top down, I'm, I would pick. I would pick a Greg yeah. Popovich or a uh, Pat Riley before I picked anyone else. And I'm definitely you going know? Pat Riley because he's well, just, yeah. And yeah. I'd go Pop because, it, it, we, again, it, we're, we're picking yeah. on our preference, but mm-hmm. you'd be happy to have either one. Mm-hmm. Phil, I don't want him building my team at all because then you get the Knicks. Uh, Which I think a lot of that like, was him being old and being well, like I mean, senile trying, and he can't get out he of his way. To, uh, he was trying to force them to play the triangle. Yeah. In the in the late teens where the triangle doesn't do that anymore. Like, See, it doesn't, it doesn't it, do it, it like it used to. It works with the player like a Pau Gasol and a Kobe mm-hmm. because A, they had great chemistry. B literally Pau Gasol was the perfect power forward to put in that system yeah. because he could stretch the floor. Amari Stoudemire was getting well, not getting older, but his body was breaking down. He was never a great jump shooter, not a great rebounder. Well, they didn't have the guys to be playing that. Exactly. It's just that when it Mello comes down to not, it, just don't have them. It's just a bad oh, Mello, man. Mello on the Knicks is a is a is a whole other. <laughs> Which, piece. He always put up great games. He was a great player. I think they should have won a championship, but that system just did not work. But it's like you- Russ. It's that whole thing of you're great. Your stats are great, but mm. you don't help the team win. I think it was that's even, just not the way that you play. I think like, with Russ is different. I think Melo could have won a championship with the way that he played. He could have. It was just look at the head coaches he ended up with. But the other problem is like what by getting traded to the Knicks, mm. they got to send shit back. You're going to a lesser team oh, than the one oh, you no arrived to. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that that that's the thing about Melo. It's like you he and he made his decision. You had that trade off. It's like either you get. Mm-hmm. You go and you are, or you stay, and you know they build a team around you. When you win a championship, or you go and they and you end up on a lesser team because of that. Well, him and, and George Carl didn't like each other, so that was I think no, that true, was the true. main thing. And George Carl has I, done some things since he's retired that's made me think. I, I would have. I get why Melo didn't like. Him well, now, here's but. the thing with with George Carl is if it came mm-hmm. down to me and it and I, I you know George Carl didn't have five rings. Okay. No. So what in that scenario, you I hate to say it, but you, you go with the player. Oh yeah. You go but with the also player. like it's just knowing what I know now and what everybody has said about like Kenya Martin has said about George uh, George Carl and and Melo and everybody that's played for him. I'm just like, 
what were the Nuggets doing? Because which it didn't really set the Nuggets back a ton because they've been able well, I mean, to maintain they were relevancy. Fine. They well, they mm-hmm. were fine because they. I mean, they gave up Melo, but they got things Iggy. in return. You know, mm-hmm. when they got Iggy I mean, in free agency, I think that essentially saved them because a lot of people undervalue how good Iggy was in his prime. But um, he's a good. He's a good. He's always been a really good player. Oh like, yeah, his his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he's in, he's one of those players that if he's on a roster, he's gonna find a way to uh to contribute to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's certain players that just throughout their entire career, they're just always gonna contribute to that team. Like there's never, I mean, they get the most out of their talent, you know. And he oh, yeah. he was always one of those guys. Uh, but I think we should finally look at these at these. Uh, at these standings and then we're mm-hmm. i we're gonna look at the top five on each conference and we're just gonna you know i guess uh we'll get through it pretty quickly on actually real quick i do have one question because i wrote this down as something i wanted to ask you mm-hmm. uh, there's two things three things actually <laughs> mm-hmm. is it too late for the nets to integrate ben simmons into their system Because I, because as uh, as the season gets closer to ending, you have mm-hmm. to wonder at what point the do we issue put him in? Is with Ben with that report yesterday that came out, he needed an epidural in his back. Yeah, and he's had back issues since he was at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the the it, problem is in all of this when you really break it down with the Nets is Kyrie. Who dropped six? I'm, I, I, that, that, so that's a, you, that's another thing that we we're, we're that I want to bring up because that's going to mm-hmm. branch off to another conversation. We might not even analyze these teams mm-hmm. just because there's these two other things are chunky topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but go on, go on with the with the Kyrie thing because I, I I agree with you. I know where you're mm-hmm. going, and I agree. People, when you when you criticize Kyrie for the shit he's done off the court this year, people think that that's a slight um. Uh, against him as a player no not at all i think mm-hmm. i think didn't Kyrie get left off of the uh, uh nba so 75? this is i'm glad you brought that up because i was just thinking of it remember how we were talking about how anthony davis shouldn't be there yeah Kyrie should be there Kyrie should be there he should be he in should, over dame because oh absolutely because absolutely and i love dame i mm-hmm. fucking love dame Kyrie is literally I, I mean i also think that bill walton shouldn't be there as an no, nba got player. hurt as a college player all-time mm-hmm. top five greatest of all time, period. Like, mm-hmm. he's got the resume for it. But as a college player, I would have taken him and Anthony Davis out, and I would have mm-hmm. put in uh, – my God, I just blanked on who I talked. I would have put Dwight Kyrie in and, uh, and Dwight. Kyrie. Because mm-hmm. both of them have the resume for that. And and I get that mm-hmm. people don't like personally like Kyrie, but he's one of the mm-hmm. 75 best players of all time. Bro. And he's one of the five best players I've ever seen with in just in terms of handle. This man Kyrie literally just dropped 60. And I was, I said, bro, this shit is fucking amazing. So when mm-hmm. I talk about Kyrie being a fucking dumbass and hurting his team, I'm not saying this from a standpoint of what he does on, on the, the court. court. What I'm saying is this. At the end of the day, the reason why the Nets are barely above 500 and why they lost yesterday is because their second best player is not on the court. Goran Dragic mm-hmm. is being forced to start because mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving cannot play home games mm-hmm. right now. All you have to do is go and get a shot. And you can say, oh, well, 
Oh, did you just see that report from Ian Rappaport? Mm, I'm going to save that. Okay. I'm going to save okay. that. We'll save it. But just to get to get finished my rant, the only thing that Kyrie needed to do was get a shot. Just one of them. Just one. One didn't even have to get the second dose. Just had to get one. And he wouldn't do it. And damn, and I believe. Damn idiots. <laughs> I believe in 99% of it. Holy fuck. I believe that 99% wait, of it is because... Wait, wait, did you yeah. see the Schefter one? Yep. Okay, because I'm lo- I was looking at just the Cowboys releasing Lyle Collins because that popped up in my thing. Oh, uh, no. no. I was talking about the... Oh, my Lord. I just saw... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Hold on. So you keep talking while I mm-hmm. while I while I text cheese to rub it in his face. <laughs> but um essentially my thing with Kyrie is this, and I I know he's not afraid of the shot. I don't think it's about the shot. I think it's about Kyrie felt like in that situation he was being forced to do something. And the one thing that Kyrie has always hated throughout his whole career, and he even said it when he did the press conference at the beginning of the season, I hate being forced or being told I have to do something. If I think it was just a thing of you need to go get the shot, he would have gone to get it if he was playing for any other team. This would not be a discussion. Or if, even if he was playing for any other team outside of California or New York, this wouldn't have been a discussion. Or Canada, it wouldn't have been a discussion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But because he's in New York and he, was, he felt like he was being pushed to do something, he didn't do it. And he still won't do it because now he feels like, as Kyrie always does, that he's a – He's a, 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 a justice warrior, and now he's doing something and standing up for the voiceless. And Kyrie is conceded in at, that way. And look at the people who, who I know. That's the problem with Kyrie, is mm-hmm. that he does come up. He he has it's that Aaron Rodgers thing too, mm-hmm. where and it's a very specific thing that so that that and you see it in in all kinds of folks where they are one of those people who need to be the smartest that, in the room. Wait, that contract. I know, Holy I know, I know. Shit. Well, okay. So we're gonna have to finish this up very fast. So my last oh question my for God. you before we go, because we, we're gonna record an, an NFL centered one. Uh, mm-hmm. fuck it. Uh we'll record, we'll talk about Freddie Freeman later on another thing. Uh yeah, so real quick, my last question to you. Mm-hmm. We had back to back 60 point games. Mm-hmm. That's nuts, first of all. Um yeah. Who scores 80 next? Because that's the number that Kyrie could have scored. 80. Jason Tatum. Tatum scores 80. Yep. That's what him. you're going to pick. Because I, I honestly, I might have picked Kyrie to, to pick it's Kyrie or like a, maybe even Booker. But I really think that Kyrie or uh, I like your choice. Tatum. Tatum's had some great games. I think it's because Tatum's the Kobe, like the direct Kobe. Him and Kyrie are the two direct Kobe disciples in the NBA right now. So if it's any of those two people, is it's out of Kyrie or so. Or so you wouldn't you wouldn't maybe put Booker in there? D book. Well, he's already come close to it. So that's what I'm saying. So I, that that's why I would I would throw in those three. Mm, I think not now because I think that Kyrie is gonna get his. He if he so knows he can get past season, somebody, he's gonna get his. Just in general, over the next few I, years. I think it might be Tatum. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I really think yeah. it's going to be Kyrie. Because that dude Kyrie. scored 40 and a half and had seven yeah, but, minutes left to go when they pulled him out. But Katie probably there. could have gone for 75. I know, but mm-hmm. Katie does does it not seem like Katie would be like, go out? Oh, Katie, Katie definitely did. He said that when, when Kyrie put up 40, he was like, that's hey, bro, point. you got it. I that's that's I that's fuck. that's why I think it's very possible because Kyrie's in the right mm-hmm. environment to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's no, playing with definitely. the right guy to be like 
you go do you do your shit get it done you know that but real quick um oh go ahead go ahead I'm just I was just going to say I'm interested to see how the perception of Kyrie changes in that locker room if they go throughout the playoffs and he's missing and they lose key games because of him not being able to play and they end up losing the series. I I think I think they won't have that problem because I think New York will have how many weeks are we looking at to the playoffs? I think it's like two or three. Okay. Man, a lot has to change in New, in New York in two weeks. I'm about to say there's a lot that has to change and a lot that could change that could yeah. go in the other direction. Yeah, you're right. That you're forces right. them back into you know this. God, all it takes is getting one hot again. St- all it takes is one spot, one spike, and that's it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, then I guess I guess that's where we're gonna leave y'all for now. Um. This has been the Beards and Balls podcast. Uh, an NBA, one of our NBA editions. These are always my favorite because. I look at how we got lost and talking about the 2007 Cavaliers <laughs> and, and their roster. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you're not going to find that everywhere. You're just not. No, you're uh, not. <laughs> but and, not. and the fact that we have been like holding off on talking about a lot of other things that are happening as we speak, because, bro, it's 630, man. It's 630 in the afternoon here. It's 730 for you. <laughs> News should not be happening this late, bro, but it what is. In the fuck, man. So uh, this is it's funny because this episode is going to come out after. Mm-hmm. So everything we're talking about is going to be addressed in an episode that's coming out before this one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the podcast, you cannot follow the podcast right now because, as I said earlier, we don't have Twitter. <laughs> we are working on an Instagram. Cheese has made it. I just don't know it. Uh, and then I will tell him to hand the keys over to me and only me and we'll leave it there. Uh, Daryl, where can they follow you? They can follow me at 3Ds1J on Twitter. The coaches channel, not the coaches channel, but coaches challenge on Twitter, but the last E is a three. Fuck that person who has their username. And you can follow me on Twitch at the coaches challenge, uh, spelled like you would normally spell it. And all of it, none of those permanently suspended. <laughs> Which right. with me on Twitter, uh, I, I don't know, but you know, sometimes I. But you handle yourself. Or you know you know how to get around it. It's like I told you, if you're gonna wish yeah. things on people, do it uh, disguise it. Like write a poem yeah, he, and then like put it in there. He's very um direct. I know, I know, but that's like that. that's what I love about the guy. Now it's like I, I it's like I told him, don't, don't you know mm. take a break. Oh, don't, don't change. This is hilarious when I see it. That's what I said. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he'll be back on next week. He's taking a break because uh, yesterday was his birthday. Oh, okay. 316, which reminds me, happy birthday, Cheese. You're the big 29 now. You're almost over that line where you're like me, where you wake up every day with your back killing you. You know, every time that somebody, I have a lot of friends that are like in that 28, 27, 28, 29 age range. And so when y'all tell me that, I'm starting to think, damn, I'm really about to turn 25. This summer, I'm really getting close to 30. Once it's, there's a point where like you just start feeling it. And it's like, it starts off with like small little things. And you're like, man, when did that become a thing? When did it just become regular for me to be living with this weird aching every now and then? I'm, and that's like, I'm, I'm barely 30. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm exaggerating most of this, but there are these odd little things that you'll notice yeah. in a few years. You've got time. You still got time. You, you are literally at 25. Your body is, is about to start the decline mm-hmm. at least that's it's just, what science tells me it's the time thing i guess for me where it's just like i'm starting to like it's starting to click in my head like oh 
damn, I'm almost about to be 30. Once you get because the time, the time goes quick. What's funny though is like, I still feel like I'm the exact same person I was when I was 21, which Mm -hmm. is weird, (laughs) which is weird. Uh, Mm -hmm. but all right, we're gonna we're gonna end it here because we gotta talk about some exciting shit. So (laughs) yeah, or we talked about some exciting shit in the last episode. Now Bye, everybody.